You're listening to The Lid Is On, the flagship news show from UN Podcasts. I'm Connor Lennon. And first of all, I want to say a happy new year, or at least a happy new year to all of you who celebrate New Year on the 1st of January in the Gregorian calendar. Because obviously, what have we got? We've got Chinese New Year. It's the year of the tiger. So, Xin Yen Kuai Le. That's the 22nd of January. And on the Orthodox calendar, so that's January the 14th, the Julian calendar, that is celebrated in Appenzell Innerrhoden, or Außerrhoden. Uh, let me get this right. Actually, I think the person who can help me with this is someone who is actually based in Switzerland. It is Daniel Johnson, our esteemed colleague. Hello, Dan. Hey, Connor. Nice to hear from you. Happy New Year to you and to everybody listening. And nice to see you as well. Uh, it's not often we have a two-way exchange. Usually we hear your beautiful mellifluous tones on the news in brief. Uh, for, for those of you who want to be reminded, just give us your news in brief intro. Let's let's have a bit of that. Uh, hello, this is the news in brief from the United Nations in Geneva, where there are peacocks in the park. I oh, really? didn't know that. I don't I don't often add that last bit, to be honest. But there just, are peacocks I just know in that. the park. Is that true? <laughs> so, look, Dan, the yeah. reason you're here, it's, it's a very gloomy time of year. I'm sure you'd agree very often. The weather's not great here in New York. It's probably not that great where you are either. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've already broken my New Year's resolutions. Uh, how about you? Are you still staying strong with the resolutions? I, I find resolutions tough. I'm trying to do a bit of jogging at the moment because uh, there was a bit of excess. So let's see how that goes. OK, well, good luck with that. So I'm sure you'd agree it'd be nice to have a bit of positivity on this show to, to kick off the new year. Um, so, oh, by the way, before we get to that, I was mentioning Appenzell Alcerone um, earlier. As someone who's based in Switzerland, you've been around for a long time. Have you ever been over there for, is it, uh, Sylvester Klaus? I have not. I'm sort of over in the Valley region. So uh, that's where the, the mountains are equally stunning. Uh, maybe not quite as high, but there are some gorgeous spots. I mean, I recommend anyone coming over, have a, have a look, because uh, summer or winter, it's it's really a, a stunning place. And um, it's a bit away from Geneva, but... We're still close to uh, where the fun happens in terms of uh, what happens in tourism. But I don't know that part of Switzerland, to be honest. I think the furthest I got was uh, probably Berner a few years ago. If you don't mind me saying, you're a bit of a Switzerland veteran. You've been around in the country for what, how many years now? A long time? Gosh, um, yes. It's been, it's, uh, well, I've been here at the UN since uh, 2014, but sort of here and hereabouts in, uh, since 2003. Uh, one of the one of the happiest things I found, Connor, I don't know if you know, you probably do because you know Switzerland as well. Uh, but um, when I was in Bern, I was reporting on the Swiss Cricket League. Would you believe there is cricket in the capital of Switzerland and they play it uh, just below the parliament? I just couldn't believe it. I thought, what a wonderful country. You've got the parliament. You've got democracy happening. You've got a game of cricket. And even better, the teas were um, some of the finest curries I've ever had from uh, the various embassies that were participating in this league. So always happy memories when I think about um, summer pursuits in Switzerland. Well, there are lots of odd things in Switzerland, and one came up internally within the team just the other week, I remember. People were asking you about this. The question was, Dan, is it true that people in Bern commute to work by throwing themselves in the river and putting their clothes in a plastic bag. Can you confirm or deny? <laughs> I think I read that story too. I've never done it myself. I'm a terrible swimmer. Bull sports are my thing. But, uh, you know, whatever floats your boat, Connor. Nice. Nicely done. <laughs> OK, well, look, why don't we move on to the real reason that we're here today, trying to find something positive to cheer us up with a UN perspective. So you have prepared something. Thank you for doing that, by the way. So come on, give us a bit of New Year's cheer. 
I tell you what, um, of all the stories that I covered last year, there was only one where I got to have a proper full on hug. I got a proper physical embrace from from the person I was interviewing. And and she was Raylene Cooper. So uh, she was this um, this Aboriginal representative from Western Australia, from the Burrup Peninsula. And that's about the easiest thing that I can pronounce. There was a lot of unpronounceable um, elements of uh, geography, which she told me all about. And this interview was happening because she'd come all the way from Western Australia to the United Nations in Geneva to a forum for indigenous communities. And uh, she was trying to raise awareness about um, the very, very old rock art that uh, is is at risk from industrial scale mining. So she came all the way thousands of kilometers to raise awareness. And then she told me about this story and she explained that um, this rock art is really needs our protection because it explains the story of the Aborigines. Um, so if you just do a, a quick online search, you can find uh, Aboriginal rock art and it's basically engravings in rocks. And it tells the story of the the tradition of the Aborigines dating back thousands and thousands of years. And uh, I've got a clip from this interview, Connor. You'll just have to imagine the the wonderful hug she gave at the end of it. So I think she was happy and I was happy too to meet her. Um, uh, so here's what she said about why she was coming to the UN to explain the critical urgency of defending and protecting her rock art. We're hoping that the UN are able to intervene because these ancient stories and songlines, they've been here for many, many years, evolutions in fact. It's not all about wealth. It's not all about destroying the land for resources. We need to start making changes within our country because this also not only affects us culturally, in every which way our ecological systems, our environmental underground waters, our animals, our plants, um, these are a part of our dreaming stories and we hold them very dear to us. However, government are being influenced in a way where they need to start hearing our people's voices. So that's Raylene Cooper and I met her last year in July I believe it's going back quite a long way but to me Connor that really exemplifies why the UN is important it's a convener it's a convener of of uh, not just diplomats and there are tons of those around of course but it's it's where real people quotes unquote can come and talk about their problems raise awareness and find an audience which we can amplify across our various platforms and i guess we should tell people they can always follow what goes on at the un on webtv.un.org and uh, on various platforms including un newsroom un news there's audio there's print there's multimedia of Keep course. plug in the product dan this is what that's we want. it that's it do the promotion well Dan, we are in New York here. At, it's officially the new UN headquarters, uh, but so much of our news does come over from you, basically, and you send it over and your colleagues send it over to us because you've got this, this very different ecosystem there, I feel. You've got the Palais des Nations, the, the Geneva headquarters of the UN, and it, it's different here. I feel like we're quite mixed in with, with residential buildings, other types of commercial buildings, whereas... With Geneva, I feel like it's it's almost like a separate city. Is that the sense that you get? Yeah, it's it's um I mean the, the Palace of Nations, the Palais des Nations, it's every day there are tourists or demonstrations happening outside underneath the, the broken chair, you know, the one with three three legs and one of them's broken. Great um, to, that's it. And it, it it's a it's a classic. Um and people just are drawn to the United Nations because 
it's it's a visually very stunning with the alley the flag alley with all the different nations 193 member states and that draws you into the palace um, but then around the palace which used to be open by the way until relatively recently um, so the public could really come in and interact with the united nations i think it's a great shame but you know because of uh, security and and the need to keep um, uh, things safe unfortunately you know it's very it's increasingly difficult to get into the united nations although there are guided tours of course not quite the same um you know the there are so many different international agencies from the World Health Organization to the International Labour Organization. There's the World Intellectual Property Organization, um, the Refugee Agency. There's the World Trade Organization. They're all just around in the same sort of square kilometer or mile of of the United Nations in Geneva. And that means that it, it's increasingly uh, uh, easy to get spokespersons to come in and tell us what their latest news is. I'm not quite sure how it works in New York. I must come and see you, to be honest. But, um, uh, you know, waiting for the invite, Connor, I don't know if it'll ever come. It's not in like the, the Christmas card either. No, I mean, it, we're, we're very lucky here in Geneva. I guess we're a few hours ahead of you as well in terms of the, the, news, um, the news schedule as well. But it, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to, uh, to, to, pitch you articles from Geneva there is such a lot going on um, and uh, you know as many humanitarian agencies tell us we're just scratching the surface that's my job and one of and just before you know I keep battering hammering on about it but um, there are so many crises that really do deserve our attention um, and not just Ukraine of course over the last year I'll never forget the Central African Republic um, I was doing an interview with the humanitarian coordinator there. Uh, what, this is going about 18 months now, but I'll never forget when she told me that every single child in that country needs humanitarian assistance. And that is just shocking, I think. So these are the kinds of things that we should not be forgetting uh, are still happening all over the world. Well, yeah, thanks for keeping that alive, Dan. I mean, that's part of what we're doing. And also, as you were saying earlier, about reminding people of the difference the UN is making. And it's great to have a a positive look at things as well sometimes absolutely and um you know one of the ways that we do that yeah we we, we do write about a lot of um very tough stories what we also try to do is find solutions there there is one innovation i think last year which was really interesting for me and uh, from a personal level i really wanted to see it i wanted to know how uh, first responders went about their work you know when there was a crisis because this is a way of raising awareness it's a way of you know to put it bluntly raising money uh, uh so so i spoke to unicef the UN children's funds veronica hauser and i asked her if she could put together a first person for our audio hub which uh, if listeners don't know just type in audio hub UN news and you'll go to all sorts of wonderful uh, audio stories which will keep you up to speed with uh, at least a part of what the UN is up to and veronica hauser she uh, was kind enough to share her first impressions um, from uh, uh, an earthquake in Afghanistan, which happened uh, last June. It was a 5.4 on the on the Richter scale. Uh, so it uh, it caused a huge amount of devastation. But I don't think there's anything that uh, any news report that I could have written that really would have illustrated exactly what she found as the helicopter took her into the to the quake zone and the emergency zone. Um, and that story there where she met uh, a, an eight year old who was petrified after really a devastating experience that story is just so touching um and and so moving but also so expressive and 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 uh, and, and clear about what the un is helping to do that uh, i think it's well worth listening to unicef is now supporting 140 community-based classes that we establish for children to have spaces to learn and heal 
we've set up a dozen child-friendly spaces where children can play, socialize, and speak to counselors. We're trucking safe water to communities who cannot access natural sources. But there are still around 362,000 people in need of ongoing assistance because of the earthquake. Looking forward, UNICEF will be giving cash to 5,500 households. It's the best way to sustain communities. It empowers women to make purchasing choices. And it's the most dignified form of aid. We'll also build latrines for 5,000 families and distribute backpacks packed with notebooks, pens, and school supplies to children enrolled in classes. We'll be providing health care to 125,000 people, mobilizing counselors and social workers to help children recover from their trauma and reunite those separated from their families. So if you want to listen to that, um, dear listeners, then do just plug in Veronica Hauser, UN Audio Hub, Afghanistan, and you'll get uh, this excellent first person piece from her. Yeah, one thing that uh, really I will probably never forget is um, uh, a mission to Sri Lanka and indeed one to Tunisia, which was part of a, a film series that we did for UN News and the, the Global Crisis Response Group, which is uh, under the Secretary General's wing, of course, uh, to um, to really respond to the global cost of living crisis, which is in part caused by the Ukraine crisis. Uh, so this was a trip to uh, Sri Lanka to the tea estates where I met a tea plucker called Nagama. And she was this this really dot of a lady who had very little. And uh, say I was in Tunisia, that's where I met this um, traditional bread maker, uh, Najwa, and she had very little. But I tell you what, in Sri Lanka, Nagama had even less. Uh, and this was a, a chance to explain the problems that she faces, because even in the very remotest parts of Sri Lanka, where she was picking tea, because of the the, the, the fuel um, and uh, grain and fertilizer crisis, there was less fertilizer around. So there was less tea to pick. So her job was basically at risk. And so the, the, the aim of this uh, mission, this report, was to produce a film on what her current status is, the need for uh, continued assistance and the need to make sure that fertilizer comes from, yes, Ukrainian and Russian uh, ports, along with all the rest of it, and including the, uh, the cereal, the grain that she uses, which is imported into Sri Lanka to make the, uh, the pancakes that she has to as part of her daily staple. So never forget that. It was a, a really um, interesting visit and uh, astonishing rains as well. My goodness, I got absolutely drenched every single day. But she was out there in the tea fields every single day as well with, let me tell you, totally inadequate clothing. So, you know, um, total respect for her and her dignity in the face of, of serious problems. Um, and you can see those films on Deutsche Welle because they partnered with us uh, and I'm um, just giving them a shout out because they were kind enough to give us massive promotion for these four films from Sri Lanka, from Tunisia, from Peru and from Ukraine. So your um, listeners can find them if they want to have a look online now. Dan, lovely to hear you and to see you. And perhaps sometime we can meet up in Geneva and Cassie La Marmite together, if that's the kind of thing you do around your way. I tell you what, I think I've never cassied La Marmite, although I've, I've cassied a, that's when you, you they, they break this chocolate pot, which uh, is representative of something. And I feel totally ignorant now because I've... Uh, Not so good for where you're living right now. <laughs> over the border, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you're right. All right, well, let's cassie La Croute sometime. That sounds better. Dan, lovely to talk to you. Take care. All the best to you and the family. Cheers, Connor. To you too.